0: welcome back into the chris gordy show here on sports 1280 new orleans as we continue to monitor the weather out there rain coming down in the new orleans area and cross our fingers hope it doesn't get uh doesn't get much more worse than this but uh Hey, uh, again, uh, our thoughts and prayers continue to be with those folks down the road in Houston with the bad things that they're dealing with. And uh, right now we welcome in Chris Landry for the LandryFootball.com report for our weekly segment. And uh, Chris, right off the bat, I just want to start with, I know you're running a a flood relief uh, campaign on your website donating 50% of all the subscriptions to flood uh, flood victims. Um, And you've been personally buying items and delivering it to the Cajun Navy program, which is running those trucks, of course, out to Texas with needed supplies. So uh, I know a lot of people appreciate you for that, and uh, certainly kudos to you.
1: Well, uh, listen, you know, we did it last year with a lot of success and helping folks in Baton Rouge and, of course, everyone in New Orleans is – Still got, uh, we're dealing with the anniversary of Katrina, and uh, we certainly want to do everything we can to help the folks in, in Houston and uh, the, in the whole Texas area. And that's, yes, we're absolutely, uh, we're doing everything we can to buy supplies and get it to the Cajun Navy. Uh, so that uh, we get directives of what they need specifically right now. It's cleaning supplies, and we're doing everything everything we can there. And then, you know, last year, as we did with the the Baton Rouge flood, we wanted to see if if we could get other people involved and what could we do to make it, uh, incentivize it. And so we said, look, here's what we'll do. Uh, If you're listening to this show, you're a football fan. Um, come join LandryFootball.com, and we'll take 50% of the money that you give us, and we're gonna put it towards uh, the flood relief victims. So, a $99 a year subscription, we'll take $50, and buy supplies with it, not just give the money somewhere where we, we don't know where it's going to go. We're going to buy the supplies and get it to the Cajun Navy, get it over there. If it's a fifty dollars uh, 99 a year uh, package you get, with, well, then we'll take $25 and do the same. So uh, it's just a little way. And, you know, I learned last year, Chris, that every little bit helps. You know, every, yeah. you know, box of diapers or, you know, wet wipes, when you lose everything, you, you need toothpaste, a comb, you're in shelters. Uh, It's exasperating, and uh, I know everyone in New Orleans is aware of uh, of what this is like going through Katrina, and many of them have experienced the Baton Rouge um, situation last year. So we want to help. We're thinking and praying for everyone in Houston
0: absolutely uh, he is Chris Landry of landryfootballcom and uh, look especially you know those folks in, out in Houston and, and all down the i-10 corridor like you mentioned are uh, familiar with this uh, with this kind of weather and again here in the New Orleans area we're hoping that uh, it doesn't get much worse than, uh, than than what we're seeing right now but uh, football is a good distraction of course we remember that after Katrina the Saints and and the attention that they brought to the city of New Orleans so we transition and get into a little football talking this morning and uh, let's start first with with the Saints from their preseason game against the Texans. Second straight week, the uh, defense does not allow an offensive score uh, across the board. Of course, in the Chargers game, they gave up the pick six, but no points on offense. Two consecutive weeks in the preseason, and, and again, while we can say it is just the preseason, I think it's worth noting that this defense is uh, at least on, on the surface. Chris looks much improved.
1: Uh, there's no question. You know, I always you know tell people the alternative to having a good preseason performance is having a bad one. So, I mean, they they are playing well. Now, does it automatically translate? No. But it, what I'm seeing is really improved linebacker play. Still worried about the depth up front. The defensive line has played well, graded out well in preseason, and I do think it has a chance to be a better defense. As we get into the regular season, you're going to see offenses that are game planning, going to be a little more difficult, Um, but I think this defense is improving. The the thing that I will hang my hat on with this team is, look, um, they're going to have to run the football better, and they're going to have to control games a little bit better, um, preferably with a lead, with a running game on offense. And if they can keep this defense fresh, then it has a chance to be an improved defense. Is it going to be – Improved enough? Is it going to be to the level where they can uh, make a deep run? I I don't know. I I still would question that right now, but I think it's off to a really good start. And as we head into week four, it's about making some decisions with young players on the roster and getting a few veterans ready to go for week one. But I'm encouraged, and if I had to, uh, as I've broken down the film, if I had my druthers, I would say I would prefer for the Saints to see the positives on defense and maybe not be as good on offense because I know that that offense has a much better chance of being corrected than the defense. The offense will be corrected just by how they play it, what they do, the tempo in which they do it. That's going to come along in a positive way. I still have got some concerns about how consistent the running game was going to be and how consistent they're going to play up front. but. Uh, no I think early on there's some signs that this team can be competitive and how competitive uh, are they a 500 team slightly better Um, I think we're going to start to find that out uh, and it's going to probably take like in most teams Chris a quarter of the season the first four games to get a true feel for it
0: on Saturday we got to see our first taste of Adrian Peterson in a Saints jersey Uh, didn't put you know the stats weren't eye-popping but I liked what I saw out of him, at least that initial burst. It looked like old Adrian Peterson again.
1: Yeah, I think the real key is we talk about the improvement in the running game that has to happen. Well, you have to have multiple backs that can run the football, and I think Adrian is going to be relied upon as a feature runner. Um, Ingram is the more versatile guy. As we said last week, the Pierre Thomas type of role, do everything, the feature runner. And then Adrian Peterson, I think, can be – a feature-type running back to spell Ingram. He can be effective in short yardage and goal line situations. And and I think just having two guys fresh increases the chance of uh, keeping those guys healthy, which is just going to be paramount for the success offensively. And as I mentioned, really is tied directly to how well this defense is going to play is how well they run the football talking with
0: chris landry LandryFootball.com report uh so chris thursday night the final preseason game against the ravens and the superdome of course this is that week four game that the most nfl fans just don't really care for i mean a lot of the starters aren't playing and and let's be honest i mean for the saints a lot of positions are already figured out here so give me one or two spots that you're looking for in this game on, on thursday maybe a name or two that is still maybe battling for a roster spot
1: Well, I want to see some young guys in the secondary. I want to see where they go on special teams with some of these young guys. And listen, you're right. People don't get excited about the fourth preseason game. But I will tell you this. It is extremely important if you want to drill down into the young players to make the right choices of who you're going to fill out your roster with. Because what happens is um, as the season progresses beyond Thanksgiving, Your depth on your team is always challenged due to injuries or normal attrition. And the first place it's affected is special teams and coverage units because now the sub-package players become core players on defense or offense. And then that means you're a little bit weaker on special teams because your core special teams players are now moving up. So I think it's really important to find those guys that can really have an impact that you've got to see the forest for the trees. You've got to see guys with the potential that are not there yet, but potentially could be there. Quick little story, um, Randall Blue Gay came out of LSU years ago, and I remember in doing work, uh, as I do with Bill Belichick, and you know he was discussing going into the fourth preseason game what they were going to do, who they were going to keep, and one of the things we talked about was um, – Randall's quickness, his instincts, his toughness, and he really shined in that fourth preseason game. Well, he ends up being a you know a core special teams guy. Uh, he was a backup in their dime package. Injuries started to take place. He became a starter in their dime package. Then injuries continued. He became a starter in their nickel package. And in the Super Bowl, he was a starting corner and played well, and they won a Super Bowl. So, my point is, while it may think, seem like, well, a lot of these guys are not going to be on the team, you're right, but which ones are? And are they making the right decisions? That's going to be key. Watch special teams. Watch, you know, on, on TV. And, you know, just watch the first guy down, the second guy down, how they progress to the ball. So I want to see the depth along the defensive line. I want to see uh, the depth in the secondary, in particular, the decisions that they make there and usually with special teams in mind, is the key to making the right moves and providing the depth that you need.
0: The thing I, was, I found interesting, I was at the joint practice with the Texans and the Saints last week, and uh, several times during the practice, I saw both GMs, Rick Smith and, and Mickey Loomis, getting together, comparing notes, kind of writing things down. And I, and I think People don't really talk about that much, but you think about the joint practices as just a good opportunity for both teams to practice against one another, but it's really a personnel thing, right? I mean, a lot of teams are comparing notes saying, hey, look, we got five receivers. We're not going to be able to keep this guy. This is a guy you might want to think about at cut time, and GMs are always comparing notes with one another.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I can tell you another quick little story. Uh, it's where I signed Frank whitecheck for us in Tennessee. We were having a joint practice with the Redskins, and, um, you know, he had a really good practice, but Charlie Cashley, who was the GM of the Redskins at the time, and of told me he probably wasn't going to make their team. And uh, I took mental note of it, liked him, thought he'd be a good fit for our offense. And uh, he not only was a good fit, was a was a key in our Super Bowl run. So uh, absolutely, it's a great opportunity to look at other players on other teams firsthand. Another thing that's going to be really pivotal and unique this year is that we don't have the double cuts. We don't have the 75 cut and then the 53 cut. It's just 53 on Saturday. Now, that's a good thing because it allows you to keep your players a little longer and you get more reps out of all of your guys, and it gives more of an opportunity for that guy that maybe didn't earn enough reps early but comes along late, late bloomer, and you got more time. Plus, it doesn't stress out your roster, and you know you end up cutting down to 75, and then you have two injuries at a spot, and you you know your guy that you just let go two gate two days ago is now gone. It allows you to keep him. Now, here's what it does that complexes things from a personnel standpoint. You don't know for certain who's going to be released. So your pro personnel department has scouted every player on every team in the league that's played at least one snap, plus they have the college scouting report on all these players. So as they get released on Saturday, it's going to be a huge, busy Saturday night and Sunday morning for those guys because as guys come off, get released, um, you you stack them on your ready board in the order and you try to sign them. Now, um, you know, the the key is, too, when you make decisions on your roster, often – you tend to release a guy that is more likely to clear waivers. In other words, if there's a close uh, between a big guy, a lineman, or let's say a smaller guy like a corner or receiver or a running back, you, you release the running back or receiver because there's a better chance of that guy clearing waivers. You keep the big guy, you get the other guy through waivers, and you bring that guy on your practice squad. So there's a strategy involved with it. Uh, but it's going to become a little bit more complex because you got a lot more guys that are going to be released on Saturday because everybody gets cut. and Everybody has to get down to the 53, uh, and then your practice squad. And, and so Sunday's going to be a really busy day assembling the practice squad.
0: Talking with Chris Landry from uh, this is the LandryFootball.com report. Uh, just a quick thought on LSU, Chris. Uh, the the football game being moved from Houston. To the uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome this Saturday, LSU and BYU at least, thankfully, will be getting this one in, bearing any uh, catastrophic uh, flooding that could happen in New Orleans. But uh, albeit, we will get this football game played. And Chris, last weekend, BYU played their first game of the season against Portland State, and I don't know how much you got to see of that one. But two quick thoughts on my end: one was not very impressed with BYU and their offense. Uh, obviously, they were heavily favored in this game, but two. How many times Portland State was able to run the ball and and gash BYU for a big run, you know, a a run gain? And thinking ahead to seeing Darius guys going against that same defense this week could mean a a big a big night for LSU.
1: It could be, and it should be. I did break down the tape, and and certainly, um, I think a couple of things jump out at me. I think speed is going to be a real deficient. Uh, issue for BYU as it relates to playing LSU. I think they're going to have a hard time blocking LSU's defensive front. Um, and that combination with the their receivers' lack of ability to get open against good cover guys, um, even against Portland State, was, was an issue. That is going to be very problematic for BYU's offense to have the type of tempo and balance that they need to have. I don't see them being able to run the football well enough. Jamal Williams is with the Packers, and they're going with running back by committee. Um, LSU is vastly more talented. Uh, on the other side, I do like BYU's linebackers. I don't. Um, I don't. I, they got out of position a little bit. Some missed assignments and some misaligns against Portland State, as you as you mentioned. They got some big runs. Uh, I still think it's going to be very difficult for them to hold up against um, LSU's run game, but I also think there's some big plays in the passing game to be had by LSU. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for this BYU secondary, which is the weakest part of their defense, to hold up against LSU. So I'll, I, I think you're going to see, uh, I think you're going to see some jet sweeps. I think you're going to see some perimeter action to try to spread BYU out and test their athleticism, which LSU has a significant advantage. I, I would expect, you know, the normal first game mistakes, which BYU has a little bit out of their system. But, you know, they're going to have to play an ultra-clean game. They're going to have to really flip the field on special teams um, to really have a chance to keep this close. I would expect LSU, this game is going to be as close as LSU allows it. Uh, LSU should be able to pull away in the second half. It's a, it's a good name in BYU, but quite frankly, um, there's a there's a, a void in talent, comparatively speaking, to where LSU is.
0: Yeah, and I think most people are just excited to see this Matt Canada offense at LSU for the first mm-hmm. time, uh, and a lot of folks, of course, locally, happy and excited that they don't have to go far to see the uh, the LSU Tigers in their season opener. So
1: And, and, it, and real quick, it, you know, it, going to some of the, going to the scrimmages, being invited there, and spending time with the coaches, which you will see out of this offense. And I'm very curious to see how much of it we'll see early. Is a lot of pre-snap motions, and how much can that offense handle it. And, uh, you know, it's great to have all that little eye candy, but can you do it without the pre-snap penalties? And those things are going to be key. In essence, they're going to do a lot of the similar things but out of different looks. They're going to package it differently. Um, They want to get you on an edge and get an angle in the run game in terms of blocking. They want to run the football, and that's what they're going to consistently be but they're going to do it a little bit differently. And I think they will work the layered short passing game, the layered passing game a little bit more. So it will be intriguing to see how Matt Canada calls it.
0: He is, Chris Landry, the LandryFootball.com report. And one last time, Chris, want to mention, again, you are running that flood relief campaign on your website, LandryFootball.com donating 50% of all subscriptions to flood victims. You've been, uh, of course, like we mentioned, buying victims, uh, items and delivering them to the Cajun Navy program, which is uh, running daily trucks out to Texas with much-needed supplies. So, of course, we appreciate you doing that. And, again, LandryFootball.com, anybody who signs up here in the next uh, handful of days, uh, that flood relief campaign, 50% of the uh, subscriptions is going to go to
1: Flood Victims. So
0: great stuff, and we, we really appreciate you, appreciate you doing that, Chris.
1: Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, again, anything anybody can do to help. And, of course, uh, we'll keep you updated on everything inside the film room, breaking down the college and pro game for you. So join us at LandryFootball.com. Should be a great weekend, Chris. A little need a distraction of good football and uh, it's always a great weekend to open up the labor day weekend with the big college matchups it should be fun
0: absolutely landryfootball.com is the website we'll take a quick break we'll come back much more after this
1: lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place
0: you've gotten lucky
1: lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office.